an open invitation. Let me ask you a question. What would you really like to be invited to? There's so many things that go on in life in our world. What would you really like to be invited to? See, you think about that for a minute. And because it would be something special and something maybe that you normally wouldn't get invited to, but you get invited to it, and it's kind of an, uh, just a great feeling, anticipation, excitement. We all like to be invited to stuff. We don't want to be left out. We want to be included. We want to feel that we have some value and worth. So therefore, invitations are important. I want to talk to you today about an open invitation. The invitation to the kingdom of God comes with responsibility and accountability. But there is an amazing invitation. An incredible invitation to enter into a relationship with God. To be a part of his family and a part of his kingdom. And so, yet that has responsibility for some and accountability for some. Accountability for all. So, Luke 14, there's a, there's a story here, and I want to give you a background about it. Uh, Jesus has been talking to, the, to, the, to, the, to the, some, some religious leaders and some, some, some Jews. He's talking about they need humility, understanding that you don't always take the best seat at the table. You, you wait to get invited to the best seat. And he's talking about the need for that. And, and then all of a sudden, uh, one of the guys got real excited about what he was saying and, and took it a step further. Hearing this, verse 15, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it would be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Well, that's true, isn't it? Man, it would be so awesome. It'd be great. It'd be incredible if, if we could just have a place around the table in the kingdom of God like we do here at this moment. Next verse. Jesus replied with this story. Now he's going to teach a lesson. Very important lesson. There's many applications to this. I just want to deal with two of them today. The first one is this. He said, uh, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. Man, he just wanted everybody to come. It was going to be the party of a lifetime. It was going to be an awesome event. And so he said, I, I, man, I just want, I, I want everybody to come. Next verse. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. Now, what does that mean? That's kind of odd, isn't it? But in that culture, in that time, you would plan a banquet or a feast, and you would send out the word. Your servants would go out and say, we want you to come. Our, you know, we got, man, our master's going to put this, this feast together, the beast feast, and we're going to have a good time with it, and it's going to be awesome. And uh, so you want go ahead and mark it and get ready for it, and when it's ready, we'll, we'll let you know when you can show up. You say, that's odd. Well, not in that culture because... They didn't have a Walmart to run to and get the groceries. They had to go get stuff out of the, they had to get the produce, they had to get it ready, they had to clean. A lot of things had to happen for it to be pulled off. And so a lot of man hours, a lot of preparation to bring the food and everything needed together to make it very successful. So he said, we're going to do it, we're getting ready for it, I need to know if you're coming so I'll know how much to prepare because they didn't want to waste stuff. Okay, so they're saying, so how, who's coming? Well, we're all coming. Okay, let me get the food ready. And he said, and he began the process. Then when it's ready, he said, hey, guys, go tell them. Go tell them. Come on. The table is set. Next verse. But they all began making excuses. 
One said, I've just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. He was saying in reality, ah, the bank was not that important to me. You know, I bought some land and, and you, know, uh, the, you know, the truth is you would inspect the land before you bought it. Really? I mean, any of you just buy land without looking at it? Anybody going to do that? I don't think so. You want to look at something, look at a topo map or pictures, you go, man, I, you know, boss, I got to go check it out. Go, you know, what he's saying is what I own is more important than what you offer. You're saying that to the kingdom of God. People do that all the time. Young people do that. Old people do that. Make excuse. Man, I got this stuff I'm enjoying. Ain't got time for the kingdom of God. Maybe later. Next verse. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. I got some stuff I want to do. It's more important than the banquet. So uh, I'm going to pass. Now again, here's the, the foolishness of that excuse. Who buys oxen without checking them out first? If you're going to buy work animals, you're going to make sure they aren't broken down, beat up, sick, and they can do the job. You check them out before you write the check. He said, I've bought these things. Now I just got to check them out, man, try them out. More important than the kingdom of God. Next verse. Another said, I now have a wife, so I can't come. Man, I'll let you interpret that the way you want to, okay? I don't know quite what to say about that one. Uh, but he was saying this. The people in my life are more important than your kingdom. I'll pass this time. Excuse me. And what Jesus was trying to say to these guys around the table that day was, y'all make some really foolish excuses that aren't going to have any weight or change the outcome of your decision. Next verse. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious, angry, upset, and said, go quickly. That means we go quickly, go urgently. Go now into the streets, the alleys of the town, and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Next verse. And after the servant done this, he reported there's still room for more. Next verse. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone. Look at that. Anyone. Anyone. Talk about open invitation. Anyone. If they are breathing, invite them. Anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. Talk about this a minute. He now sends his servants to go get the people that were considered social outcasts. That no one wanted to rub shoulders with. Now you need to think about this for a minute. Because sometimes we don't even think about those people when it comes to the kingdom of God. He was talking about some undesirables. He was talking about some people that just, man, their life was so ruined. They were hanging out in the alleys and the back roads. Other people were, 
You know, to be sickly, to be crippled and lame, the culture thought God was mad at you because you had sinned and you were paying for your sin. Now, you don't invite those kind of people to eat at your table if God's mad at them. He said, no, no, you go invite those people. They need to come around my table, man. The kingdom of God is for everyone. Last, verse 24. For none of these I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Kind of ends on a strong note, doesn't he? Hmm. There's two things I just want to share with you about this, two applications. Number one, this. Believers, believers have the responsibility to extend the invitation to everyone. It is our responsibility as those who are in the kingdom to offer an invitation to others to come to the kingdom. That's what we do. Well, we do that. That's our, that's our purpose for being here is to know him and make him known. So we ex- and look at, uh, I want you to look at this, Romans chapter 1. Verse 16, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ, the good news, the gospel, that Jesus came, lived a perfect life, sinless, died on the cross for my sin, rose from the grave the third day to validate his sacrifice and to demonstrate his power, and now is my Savior and Lord. Paul's excited about this story. He likes to tell it over and over and over and over, never gets tired of it, because he's offering an invitation every time he tells a story. He said, I'm not ashamed of the good news because it's an invitation to everyone and anyone. It is the power of God at work. That's what brings people to Christ. It's not your ability. It's not your vocabulary. It's even not your sincerity. It is when you share his story or your story, the Holy Spirit does something supernatural in someone's life to draw them to him. It's the work of God, saving everyone. There's that word, everyone. Saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Meaning the gospel is supposed to go to the Jews first to honor covenant Abraham. And then, but it was to go beyond the Jews. It was never meant to stay with the Jews. The Jews was just supposed to be coming first to be a part of the light, share the story. The Jews basically refused that and the Gentiles became the bearer of the light, so to speak. So anyway, uh, he said, that's what's got to happen. I'm not ashamed of this story I need to tell because it needs to be intentional. Tell your story. I'm excited. On Monday afternoon now, we've got some people coming together to learn how to tell their story, how to share their testimony. And that's exciting. You tell your story, whether you're in high school, middle school, college, uh, the workplace, the neighborhood, the marketplace, you tell your story. What's your story? And then you tell his story, what he did. Because that's what really matters. Your story is based on his story. So, so intentionally, we want to give an open invitation. Every time you tell his story, he died on the cross for sin. He died on the cross for me. He rose from the grave the third day. Now he's ascended to heaven to be with the Father. You're telling his story. That's an invitation. Holy Spirit takes that little, little Series of statements that are oh so large in eternity. And he, and he does something in someone's life when they hear this truth. When you tell your story, the Holy Spirit begins to work in someone's life to help them realize they need a story. So we do it intentionally, sharing that people may come to know Christ. The next verse, 
This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is the, it's accomplished from start to finish. That means God does it all by faith. I put my faith in him. It's a done deal with him because of him. As the scripture will say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. We become right with God because of our faith. It's, and therefore, it's counted as righteousness. And therefore, we, we live out an eternal life in the kingdom of God. We become a part of the kingdom of God the day we point our faith toward Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for us, we're in the family. And therefore, he's saying, that's incredible. We get to do that intentionally. But also, may I share with you, we extend God's invitation creatively. We live in a, in a culture that's ever-changing. And so we need to figure out how to connect with people with this story of his and our story. And how we share his love and his grace and his compassion. So we do it creatively. May I share with you how First Baptist Lindell is doing that. And I'm excited to be a part of this. The coffee giveaway that we did Friday morning. We did also another Friday morning. We also did down at the school at, at where the drop-off line is. That is amazing invitation to people. You say, Pastor, it's just a cup of coffee. No, no, no. Not if you're on the way to work. And it's been a bad day. And you're already running late, and you're frazzled. And all of a sudden, someone speaks to you and says, I want you to have a cup of coffee on us, just because we care about you. And all of a sudden, you've done something kind for someone. You've demonstrated humility and service. And all of a sudden, they want to know, why are you doing this? We're just people at First Baptist Lindell wanting to give you a cup of coffee. No strings attached. Just give you a cup of coffee. I've been reading Facebook, and it's amazing what people said about this past Friday and just getting a cup of coffee. They're now realizing the church operates outside four walls, which is what we should be doing. Creatively, you've got to get past these four walls. The day is gone when people show up to church because the building's here. That's gone. You go where they are. You go, when I used to bass fish in tournaments, I, I fished some amazing lakes, Altoona, Lanier, West Point. It's interesting enough, I invested a, a lot of money in what you call a depth finder to find where the bottom of the lake was and also where the fish were because it would give you the, the bleeps and the, the little signals where fish were. Because it doesn't matter if you fish where there are no fish. If you keep fishing where there are no fish, you're not going to catch any fish because fish don't come to find you. You go find them. That's why I was called a fish finder. You go find them. Guys, we got to go find them. They're not showing up here on Sunday. You go find them. Maybe that cup of coffee becomes an instrument of invitation. The Holy Spirit begins to remind them that they're loved and that they're important and that they're significant. And all of a sudden, God cares about them because someone cared about giving a cup of coffee. And, and we go on. What about the wild game dinner? I love it. Man, we're going to have a ball. We're going to have 275 men here. Got a guy coming to share, and he'll do an awesome job of communicating the story. And so we're going to see hopefully, hopefully, men experience a change in their life. Start praying for that now, incidentally. 
You pray over the coffee we give away. Say, God bless that coffee we give away, that someone will be stirred in their heart about it. For the wild game dinner, you pray even now, God, speak to men's hearts that they may become followers of Christ and committed disciples of Christ. You pray. Now, I want you to know, brother, I'm praying for the one guy you think won't come. Because I'm praying he will. Even now. Creatively, we say, guys, come, come eat all kind of food. <laughs> but more than that, we want to give you an invitation to take a look at the kingdom of God. Creatively. What about the Mighty Mites we started yesterday on Saturday morning with young kids? Just coming to play ball, have a good time. It's an open invitation. Say, God, we want you to know something about the kingdom of God. We want you to know that we're here for you to talk about the kingdom of God and to express the desire that you become a part of the kingdom of God. And then you got the Super Bowl thing that Eric's doing tonight. Man, that's, that's just awesome. We'll have probably 150, 200 kids here tonight, youth over there at the Resolute. And they're, and they're, coming, they're coming to eat hamburgers, hot dogs, and popcorn, and, and they're coming to see their buddies, and they'll, they'll, they'll watch a football game, some I'm sure. But... Guys, I don't really care about a football game. I, I want us to connect with people that they know we care about you. We want to spend some time with you. I hope tonight some of you will figure out how to have some people over to your house and just talk about stuff. Or, and, and, or, or yeah, I don't like football. Well, don't do football. Just do cake and coffee. But build some bridges with people. Man, man well, you know, that's the thing. Uh, we're, I hope you'll be praying about tonight when these youth gather, because that's, that's our big deal tonight. That's what's happening over to Resolute. Youth are going to gather, and, and we're praying that God does something there. And, and that's just incredible in and of itself. And then, man, you got clothing giveaway, VBS, all, all these things we do simply are ways of giving an open invitation. Do you understand that? We're not doing it to check off a box or be busy. Guys, I don't care about being busy. I want to be effective. Plenty of churches are busy and they're dying. I want to be effective. I want to give out invitations. Say, man, the, our master's ready for you to come eat at his table. He's got a place for you. Don't care where you've been, what you've done. His grace can do amazing things in your life. Music events. Kevin's got an event planned in April. It's going to be awesome. We're going to do several several uh, presentations. We're also going to do on a Wednesday night. A, we're going to feed. We're going to invite people to come and eat a dinner from the community for free. And uh, you know, and you know, ask them. Hopefully, come across the parking lot and do something on Wednesday night. Where I would also share the presentation. Uh, here's the thing, guys. We're just trying to give out invitations. Trying to figure out ways to do that creatively. Things, you know, and I hope you understand that's what we're supposed to do. In open invitation to everyone and anyone, not just the people we like and not just the people who are like us, but to everyone. Kind of tough, isn't it? Kind of challenging. Kind of challenging. I got a guy at... Uh, I play golf with sometimes. He's, uh, uh, I was playing golf uh, uh, yeah, yesterday, actually, and, and we're sitting around the table. I used to never, I used to go play and leave because I just did. 
always busy, got something to do. But now I stop and stay, and I'll sit down with the guys and, and, and drink a Diet Coke and just maybe eat popcorn and talk, talk, talk about stuff. I'm amazed. We get, sometimes we talk about church and life and pain, and sometimes we talk about prophecies. Kind of neat. Uh, not all the guys are believers, but we have a good time. There's one guy, and so they, uh, there, there's, uh, for some reason, they asked me kind of what I was, you know, asked me something about or what I was doing. This kind of gave me a hard time. I said, guys, this is my mission field. And so I play golf, y'all. <laughs> and they could, our mission field, yeah. And I mentioned one of the guys that plays with us. He's, uh, he wasn't there, but we, I mentioned and said, you know, like, like this guy, man, he, he, you know, I'm just hoping that one day he'll trust Christ. He is, um, I picked him because he's probably the worst guy out there. He is so colorful, and I don't necessarily mean that in a good way. <laughs> he's something else. And when I mentioned that, I talked about, wouldn't it be neat, you know, and, and then the guy next to me said, I've been praying for him. He's on the top of my list for people to be saved. I've actually talked to him. See, I think this is great. This is how we do life. This is how kingdom people operate. Man, we get out there with the people that we get out in the ditches and the trenches and say, okay, I want to talk to you about Jesus. I, want, I hope you'll come trust Christ. Is this enough? The, the, the guy we were talking about has made it clear, that ain't ever going to happen to me. I ain't going to be saved. Well, you just never know when God turns the heat up what might happen. And when God turns the heat up, he'll know he's heard the truth. He's received an invitation. You see, you never know. You don't give up on people like that. You keep working because you never know. You never, never know. And so, anyway, the last, the last thing I want you to get is this. The invitation comes with consequence and reward. Wow. Jesus makes it very clear. It's an open invitation. But if you say no, if you make excuses, if you pick stuff over him, there's a consequence. Now, the reward is pretty neat. Romans 10, verse 8 says this. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It is in your lips and in your heart. And that message is, is the very message about faith that we preach. Next verse. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You see, faith is as close as your breath. That's, how, that's what that means. It's there. The Holy Spirit ignites it, brings it to life, and you exercise it. By trusting his story of the cross, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the invitation to come. And you say yes to it by faith. I receive your invitation. I turn from self and sin and embrace you as my Savior. A commitment of the life and heart and soul of who you are. And then you will be saved. Because it starts in the heart and comes out of the mouth. I mean, you ain't going to keep that to yourself. I've never, ever, ever in all my years met anyone who was saved and ashamed to admit it. Ever. No. Haven't met that. Starts here, inside your soul, comes out in your story. Next verse. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Next verse. As the scripture tells us, anyone, ah, anyone, anyone, that long list we read earlier, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Next verse. 
Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. If you exercise faith toward him, it doesn't matter where you've been, what your uh, nationality is, what your bank account is, what your educational uh, accomplishments are. It doesn't matter. Verse 13, for everyone, there's a word everyone, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Actually, that means the opening of your heart, calling from within with all that you are because you realize you need a Savior, that you're a sinner in need of being changed. And from the inside, it starts, God, save me. God, change me. God, forgive me. And you become a part of his kingdom. Wow. You enjoy the reward. You have a place at the table. But Jesus makes it very clear there's a consequence when you say no. Some people experience the consequence of false security in religion. They think because they've been religious all their life, they're okay. Some false security the next time, uh, there's going to be more and more opportunities, and they, and they, and they, they go, okay. And then some, they, they excuse, you know, they say, you know, I just got security based on the wrong things. What's the consequence of saying no to him and his invitation? And anyone, same word, anyone, Anyone can be saved. Everyone can become a part of the kingdom. But anyone not found, written in the book of life, was thrown into the lake of fire for eternal punishment. It doesn't say that's just letting you know what it means. Forever separated from God, his love and his presence. Never have relief, never for it to change, forever tormented in this place. There comes a time when the door is closed. I had a guy I met some time ago and I was talking to him and asking him about his personal faith. He said, I don't have a relationship with Christ. I said, man, Tim, what's happening? Why not? He said, I got to tell you the story, man. I, I was, when I was 19 years old, I was in a church. Preacher had preached. He had given an invitation, and I really felt I should have gone forward. I, I was sensing something troubling inside of me, a prompting that I should go forward and, and act on that invitation, and I did not. I, I wrestled with it. I resisted it, and I said no, and I walked out the door. He said, I've been to church many, many times. And I've never, ever sensed that prompting ever in my life again. I said, wow. That's pretty scary. He said, yeah. He said, I wish I'd have that prompting one more time. When I talked to him, he was 35 years old. From 19 to 35. I said, well, let me share something with you. I'm going to pray that that prompting happens because God's desire is that everyone is saved. So I, he's not trying to make it difficult for you. So I'm praying that he just gives you that prompting one more time. And, and when he does, you need to act on it. 
because you can't afford another 26 years. And so I shared with him how he could trust Christ. About a year passed, and I got a phone call. He said, I got to tell you something. I said, what is it, man? And I had visited him from time to time over that year, been with his family. And uh, he said, I got to tell you, I got that prompting. He said, I, it, I, it was a Friday afternoon, actually Friday, and I was, I was, I'd pick, gone to pick up some takeout dinner for the family. I was waiting for it, and I was sitting in my car, and I remembered the story as though I was hearing it for the first time. I began to cry, began to wrestle, felt the prompting, knowing that I was a sinner and knowing that God was inviting me to come to him for salvation. And I bowed my head by my steering wheel and asked Jesus to save me. When we baptized, guys, the invitation has an RSVP to it. You have to respond. The invitation doesn't work if you don't respond. The door closes. Have you, have you responded to God's invitation?